0: Coming up on We Talk News this week, is safe banking for the cannabis industry on the U.S. Senate agenda? Just don't expect legalization or descheduling anytime soon. We talk exclusively with Aaron Smith, executive director of the NCIA. Plus, the mayors of major U.S. cities put their muscle behind that safe banking movement. And state reform takes a hit in Delaware, but makes progress in North Carolina. Dutchie, a leader in the dispensary CRM tech space, has a major layoff with 7% of its workforce sent home with pink slips. State-by-state reports, including New York, where the Senate there passes a bill mandating health insurance reimbursement for medical marijuana users. All that and more on We Talk News with Elena Pinto, next.
1: We are pro-cannabis media.
2: everyone, welcome to We Talk News. I'm Alina Pinto reporting for Pro Cannabis Media. It's been more than a month since there's been any significant movement with cannabis on Capitol Hill. And while the federal government may be dragging its feet, It seems some local leaders are ready to step up to the plate. So earlier this week, the U.S. Conference of Mayors met for their annual gathering. And this year, they adopted a proposal to focus on cannabis banking reform, urging members of Congress to pass the Safe Banking Act. The organization also adopted a separate measure calling for an end to federal cannabis prohibition and promoting social equity in the industry. So what's the holdup federally? While some of the members of the National Cannabis Industry Association say they think they know the reason, the NCIA is on a three-city membership tour in New York this week, sponsored by Canna Advisors. The tour stopped in Albany, where our own Jimmy Young spoke with NCIA's Aaron Smith about why safe banking is stalled.
3: What you know, but what's interesting, though, is this is an everyday battle for everybody who's trying to see any progress in Washington. Not, you know, mo- <laughs> nothing's happening. The Senate isn't getting anything done thanks to the filibuster. Um, I think that, you know, we also have some just severe dysfunction in that. And I'll say this because we're here in New York, is that there's one one man who could get safe banking passed today, and that's Chuck Schumer. Um, he's decided instead to focus his efforts on other bills that we, we support greatly. Um, but you know his, his broader view of how we should reform cannabis uh, this country, which we absolutely applaud, but he doesn't have the votes for that. So you know what we, we'd like to see is let's bring up something that does have the 60 votes. We think we have the 60 votes for, for safe banking and do and then let's talk about you know something that we can we can move beyond that. instead it's letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. And, and we're seeing it in, um, in every, almost every other issue uh, on the Hill right now.
2: Advocates are desperate to see some kind of significant legislation actually become law. Senator Steve Daines, sponsor of the Safe Banking Act, even put out an ad this week with top banking officials talking about how reform is needed. Vote Pro Podcast. Phil Adams is in Washington D.C. with a closer look.
4: Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, and this is the Weed Talk News D.C. Report. A Republican senator has released a TV commercial promoting the passage of the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act. Senator Steve Daines of Montana is one of the sponsors of the bill designed to protect banks that serve state legal cannabis businesses from federal penalties. The ad features Carrie Hegerberg, CEO of the Montana Bankers Association, who says, quote, Our banks want to do the right thing in their communities, and they need certainty that they won't be punished for serving legal businesses. To date, the Safe Banking Act has passed the House in various forms no fewer than six times, It has, however, hit a roadblock in the upper chamber where Senate leaders are focused on passing a comprehensive legalization bill. The Treasury Department has proposed an initiative to collect data on cannabis businesses from banks as part of its broader program to combat money laundering. In a notice posted in the Federal Register this week, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency says it plans to begin including the tracking of cannabis businesses In the risk summary form that financial institutions are required to file each year. As part of their money laundering risk system, the OCC currently tracks data from other types of businesses such as liquor stores, car dealers, casinos, and convenience stores and are also looking to add crypto assets and ATM operators. The DC City Council approved a measure to protect its employees who use cannabis In a unanimous vote, the City Council expanded on previous legislation that offered protection only to D.C. government workers. The new bill would prohibit employers in the district from firing, failing to hire, or taking other punitive actions against an individual for using cannabis. Some exceptions are enumerated in the bill, most notably regarding positions designated as safety sensitive. The legislation is now headed to the desk of D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. Those are the headlines from the nation's capital. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast.
2: Back in the US, North Carolina is now a step closer to going green. Legislation that would make medical cannabis legal cleared the state Senate earlier this week with no debate. The bill would create a new state commission to issue 10 medical cannabis supplier licenses, each of which could open up to eight sales centers. The bill now goes to the House where it may be a long shot to pass before this year's primary work session adjourns in a few weeks. And the grass isn't so green in Delaware. Our Governor John Carney recently vetoed a bill to legalize adult use cannabis. Lawmakers had been fighting for access, passing the bill in both the House and Senate, only for the governor to stop the legislation in its tracks. And unfortunately this week, a bid to override that veto fell short by just five votes. So unfortunately, Delaware remains in the dark ages for now.
5: So let's see what else is happening though in the Northeast this week. Jesse Lynn Dolan has our Vermont Report. I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses. And this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Last week, Governor Phil Scott signed an omnibus bill into law that covers a variety of cannabis related concerns, including regulating small cultivators as farming, which allows for sales tax exemptions. It also makes employee identification cards transferable throughout the Vermont cannabis industry and lets licensed cultivators sell seeds and clones to other licensed cultivators and wholesalers. The bill also states that cannabis flower can be in child deterrent packaging rather than child resistant. The most controversial aspect of the bill was capping THC in solids and concentrates sold to the public at 60% and requires the Cannabis Control Board to issue an end-of-year report to the legislator on how these THC caps affect the marketplace. On Monday, the Cannabis Control Board approved eight more operating licenses, five of which were social equity applicants. This Vermont cannabis nurse will be at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. this week, lobbying for nurses nationwide and medical cannabis, of course. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. Also on the East Coast,
2: new updates from New York. A first-of-its-kind taxpayer-funded marijuana PSA aired in most of the state during Game 1 of the NBA Finals.
6: Latino New Yorkers were eight times more likely to be arrested for cannabis than white New Yorkers over the past 30 years. Black New Yorkers, 15 times more likely.
2: The ad boldly addresses the racially discriminatory harms of cannabis criminalization and highlights steps that state regulators are taking to right the wrongs of prohibition. This week, the New York Senate approved a bill that would require public health insurance programs to cover medical marijuana expenses. The legislation also clarifies that private insurers are allowed to do the same, meaning cannabis cannot be the reason they deny someone coverage. The state Senate also voted to approve a bill to crack down on the state's cannabis gray market giving regulators the authority to seize illicit weed and increasing fines for unlicensed operators. Now, let's travel next door to see what's happening in this week's New Jersey Report with Jill Goldsbury.
7: Hello, everyone. I'm Jill Goldsbury in Jersey with the New Jersey Cannabis News for We Talk News. And tonight, in fact, the Garden State is hosting its very first Cannabis Awards Gala. Yes. In fact, New Jersey Cannabis Insider is hosting this very special event. It's the first ever Cannabis Awards Gala celebrating the individuals and companies that have helped shape the industry. It's a formal affair at the Cataract Performing Arts Center. And from what we understand, it'll be unlike anything New Jersey has seen before in the cannabis space. So look out for more news on that. And in fact, Pro Cannabis Media has a little bit of the inside scoop on that. We've learned of the winner of the event's first award and who it goes to. So today we'd like to congratulate the inaugural winner of the 2022 Lifetime Achievement Award, which goes to Bill Caruso. Bill Caruso chairs the cannabis group for Archer and Greener PC. He also serves as managing director of Archer Public Affairs And in fact, he was general counsel for the New Jersey Cannabis Business Association. So he's pretty well connected in the industry. And in fact, in 2020, he was part of the spearheading of the November 2020 ballot initiative to legalize cannabis for personal use. So he has definitely done quite a lot for the industry. So we want to congratulate you, Bill Caruso. And in other news, if you love gambling or just hitting the whole scene in Atlantic City, this one is for you. Atlantic City is poising itself to become the latest hub for cannabis on the East Coast. And that comes from Kashawn McKinley, the director of constituent services and special projects for Atlantic City. So from what we understand, Atlantic City wants to use marijuana sales to increase tourism. And in fact, the city is in an impact zone. So which underneath, under the new state cannabis law, gives it priority for certain cannabis licenses, plus resources and funding from the Cannabis Regulatory Commission. Uh, According to McKinley, the city of Atlantic City wants to use the new cannabis industry as an addition to what what they already have to offer. So look out for that. It sounds like Atlantic City is the place to be this summer. I'm Jill Goldsberry in New Jersey with the New Jersey Report for Cannabis News, and that is it for us. Thanks.
2: You probably know Dr. Oz from TV, but did you also know he's now running for a Pennsylvania Senate seat, and he may have just lost some steam with cannabis users. In a recent interview, Dr. Oz said, quote, there are not enough Pennsylvanians to work in Pennsylvania So giving them pot so they stay home is not, I don't think, an ideal move. The state is struggling to keep up economically with its neighbors as they all give adult-use cannabis the green light. So we'll have to see if that statement impacts Dr. Oz's support for that Senate seat. Claudia Post has the rest of this week's
8: Pennsylvania Report. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'm here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, reporting for We Talk News. What's the difference between Dr. Oz and the Wizard of Oz? The wizard admitted he was a fraud. So here's someone I'd like to get in a room with and figure out what's going on in his head because Dr. Oz has become the Pennsylvania State Republican Senate nominee. And recently he said that legalizing recreational cannabis in Pennsylvania would make people lose their motivation to go to work. He also said, there are not enough Pennsylvanians to work in Pennsylvania. Giving them pot so, so they stay home is not an ideal move. What an idiot. He also added that marijuana may be a hindrance to giving Pennsylvanians back their mojo. Well, mojo this, Dr. Oz, you aren't even a Pennsylvanian really. So, you know, you need to go home or you need to let me sit you down and tell you all about cannabis. And now here we have another brilliant move. The Pennsylvania Commonwealth Court judge ordered a temporary injunction last Thursday on a February recall of vape products by the state's cannabis regulators, which by the way, sent everybody into a tizzy because they had to recall a couple hundred thousand of vapes, which is lots of money. So the cannabis regulators cited a lack of scientific evidence for the recall presented by the state. Okay, let's have a law because there's no proof. Although attorneys for the state presented no rebuttal evidence during the injunction hearing, within 24 hours of the judges' orders, state regulators Submitted a notice of their plan to appeal the decision. Of Pennsylvania. Relief in Belmar, a New Jersey New Jersey dispensary, is booming thanks to Pennsylvanians' bad weed laws and Pennsylvanians going over the border into New Jersey to score some bud. The Curleaf location is located just a short drive over the PA New Jersey border from Philadelphia. The store's bud tenders are selling roughly 11 packs of 3.5 grams of marijuana permitted during business hours. So in other words, they're selling all this, 3.5 grams permitted during business hours that's a lot of marijuana because people are going over the border. Now, my state is really dopey, as you heard. The laws are not taking into account all of the dollars that would be collected as well as there's nothing wrong with cannabis, it's the plant. Federal and state laws forbid visitors from taking cannabis across state lines, but that doesn't seem to be stopping a lot of Pennsylvanians from driving over the border. So Here's the story. When I was younger, we used to drive over the border into New Jersey to get liquor. This is not new, folks. I did it, and they're doing it now for marijuana. Well, that's a wrap from Pennsylvania. I'm Claudia Pose from Scarlet Express, and I'll be back next week to talk about what's hot and what's not in Pennsylvania. From We Talk News, have a fab week. Another slap
2: much to the shock of cannabis industry workers, Dutchie, a software startup based in Oregon that serves cannabis retailers, has recently laid off 7% of its workers. The cuts reportedly impacted the production and recruiting teams, with many now former employees taking to the internet to share their hardship. And Dutchie is one of several cannabis tech companies to make cuts lately in the wake of ongoing economic uncertainty. On the other end of the spectrum, there's another company expanding its efforts. Planet 13, one of the country's largest retail chains, continues to grow out of this world. The company has announced a third store to open in Florida, with plans to open three more and aiming to target underserved areas. Heather Allman has more in this week's Florida Report.
9: Thank you, Elena. Here with your weekly Florida Report from We Talk News, I'm Heather Allman from Canvas Law Report. On Tuesday, members of truly's senior management team purchased newly available company stock for $14.45 a share. CEO Kim Rivers acquired 14,000 additional shares this week, totaling $202,000, bringing her total ownership to just under 2.5 million shares. In addition, Trueleaf CFO Alex D'Amico acquired 1,500 shares, and President Steve White bought 7,000 shares. In recent days, nine administrative staff members have purchased a combined total of 31,650 shares of TrueLeave. TrueLeave shares were up 5% on Thursday, but overall, the stock has lost 43% of its value in 2022. Notably, there have been very few published research articles investigating medical students' perceptions of cannabis. By perceptions, the study is referring to the students' attitudes towards the benefit of cannabis as a medicine, concerns for potential adverse effects, and willingness to prescribe it to patients in future practice. For the purposes of curriculum enhancement, a new study by Robin Jacobs and Michael Kane investigated and assessed the student perceptions of cannabis. Between January and March 2022, quantitative data was collected from 526 medical students enrolled in a large, unnamed medical school in Florida using a voluntary electronics survey. The 32-item questionnaire investigated medical student perceptions of cannabis anonymously and quickly, taking a mere 10 minutes to complete. Using principal component analysis, three factors were identified that the current cannabis curriculum does not cover. Number one, perceived knowledge of medical cannabis. Number two, concern for possible adverse effects such as potential for misuse or dependence. And number three, attitudes about cannabis having an acceptable role in medicine, which examined factors like the willingness of future physicians to help patients access cannabis, the importance of obtaining cannabis training in school and residency, and the benefits of cannabis for certain health conditions. According to the researchers, the study's findings are uniquely valuable for identifying the future educational needs of medical students and other health professionals regarding cannabis, and this should serve as a foundation for future cannabis curriculum research. In other news, veterans are self-medicating, according to Ryan Morales, who is a Democratic candidate for Florida Agriculture Commissioner. As part of his platform, Morales vowed to push Florida to legalize psychedelic drugs for medicinal purposes, much like medical cannabis in 2016, which Morales currently uses. According to a new interview with Florida Politics, he believes the emerging clinical research on psychedelics such as magic mushrooms demonstrates powerful medicinal potential, especially with symptoms of mental illnesses which directly affect thousands of veterans, such as polytrauma and PTSD. Morales wants to make sure that Florida legalizes psilocybin from mushrooms and psychedelics for medicinal use in order to, quote, help your police, your vets, and people who deal with traumatic incidents on a daily basis, such as EMTs and first responders. Morales is a tech entrepreneur from Claremont with a long-shot candidacy for Agriculture Commissioner. He's one of two Democrats who's filed just last month with hopes of succeeding Democrat Nikki Fried, who is running for governor instead of reelection. He has run unsuccessfully twice for the Florida House in Lake County and has pressed for expanded legalization of cannabis in all of his campaigns. He's currently working to visit all 67 counties in the state and reports the best conversations he's had with constituents have been about full cannabis legalization and psychedelics. That's a wrap for the We Talk News Florida Report. I'm Heather Ahman from Cannabis Law Report. A new partnership in the Bay
2: State, bringing weed right to your front door. Lantern, a cannabis e-commerce marketplace and delivery platform, is teaming up with Doobie, a woman-owned company which will use its licensed depot location to help Lantern fulfill delivery orders. Ron Marshallsee has much more from Massachusetts this
6: week. I'm Ron Marshallsee for We Talk News. This is the Massachusetts Cannabis Report. There might be a new dispensary opening up at the Long Wharf in Boston. This idea won a vote of support from an Aldermanic committee that greenlit the legal sale of marijuana where the new dispensary hopes to move into, the soon-to-be former home of the Long Wharf Theater. The vote came Tuesday night at a Board of Alders Legislation Committee meeting, which was held in the Aldermanic Chamber on the second floor of City Hall. Keep in mind, though, Tuesday's vote does not mean that any cannabis company will definitely set up a dispensary on Sergeant Drive, but it does make it more of a possibility. Lantern, an e-commerce marketplace and delivery platform, announced that they have partnered with Doobie in Massachusetts. Doobie is a customer-centric cannabis delivery service and a woman-owned platform and certified economic empowerment priority applicant through Massachusetts CCC. Meredith Mahoney, co-founder and CEO of Lantern, was quoted as saying, Working with an innovator such as Erica Kennedy of Duby is truly a privilege and we are excited to see how we can expand delivery service within the Massachusetts area. Duby is an ideal partner as we expand our presence throughout the state because of its commitment to improving the communities it serves. Every purchase of its diverse product is used to support Duby's Positive Impact Plan, which supports local communities who have been disproportionately harmed by the war on drugs. Doobie will directly fulfill delivery orders placed on lanternnow.com through its license depot, and customers in 150 zip codes throughout the Bay State will have access to quality national and local brands. And finally, Commonwealth Alternative Care will be opening a nude medical dispensary in Cambridge. Their new shop, located at 1385 Cambridge Street in Inham Square, will offer a wide selection of products from their house brands, including flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For We Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey.
0: Bay State Cannabis Report is supported by Holyoke Cannabis, Holyoke's finest cannabis recreational experience. The Show Me
2: State showing out this weekend for the 15th National Clinical Conference on Cannabis Therapeutics. Patients Out of Time is an organization that's been providing science-based education about cannabis therapeutics for medical professionals, caregivers, patients, and the public for more than 25 years. And our own Brandon Jones is at their event with this week's Missouri Report.
7: All right, hey
1: everybody, it's Brandon Jones again from Distribution Maven with Missouri Cancer Support for Weed Talk News. And I'm actually here at the Patients Out of Time event for the registration. You can see behind me, there's this awesome room in here Great chandelier, lots of drinks, wonderful people out here with educators talking about it, live music outside. And for those of you that aren't aware of patients out of time is the uh, conference that's actually given continued education credits to doctors and nurses that's training about and learning about the endocannabinoid system and beyond. So yes, they're actually giving continued education credits to doctors and nurses here in Kansas City for going to a cannabis conference. It's here uh, Thursday through Saturday. Uh, Right only one mile away is where I'm at right now from the Kansas border. If you don't know, obviously, cannabis is still not legal in Kansas. So this is a great time. and We're very happy to have all the science doctors, nurses here to come, you know, get a little bit more education here to the Missouri and the Midwest. Normally, this is them on the East Coast. So we're very, very grateful for uh, Dolores Havlin, April Hatch for putting on this event. Uh, So thank you very much again. Check out patientsoutoftime.com great event, great conference. If you haven't registered, there's still time to register for the conference. So I'm Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven from Missouri Cancer Report from We Talk News. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great week.
2: Regulators in Washington State looking to fine-tune the state's cannabis grows. This week, regulators approved updated rules on pesticide action levels on cannabis plants. Josh Kincaid has a closer look at what's happening in Washington State this week.
10: I'm Josh Kincaid from The Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Washington drivers can get a DUI after cannabis use. Washingtonians can receive a DUI for driving after using cannabis according to the state Supreme Court, after they concluded a decision upholding the state's decision, a decade-old law regarding cannabis use behind the wheel of a car. So the argument was based on an arbitrary 5 nanogram per milliliter limit and vague standards for THC levels in the blood. It was argued in court that the limit was not correlated to any real measure of impairment and was therefore arbitrary, vague, and unconstitutional. A doctor even testified to the effects uh, given in THC can vary significantly from person to person depending on body fat, frequency of cannabis use, etc. And although the justices acknowledged that the correlation between levels and impairment is challenging to pinpoint, they still found that the blood measurements nevertheless provided a useful and constitutionally accepted measurement. The justices agreed that impairment standards based solely on THC blood concentration can't be generalized to the entire population, but they still disagreed that meant the state's standard was vague or arbitrary. They said, quote, the laws aim to deter people who have consumed cannabis from driving when there is a possibility they could be impaired, thus promoting some public interest of highway safety. It's reasonable to assume the law will continue to do just that, the highways will be safer because of it. Next week, you guys are going to find out more about Washington State's cannabis scene, but with that, we're going to have to roll up this Washington State Cannabis Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from The Talking Heads reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.
2: And finally, a new study from the University of New Mexico is shattering stoner stereotypes. Daily Lobo reported the findings, which say cannabis consumers showed more empathy, pro-social behaviors, and moral decision-making than non-users. The lead psychologist says he was motivated to conduct the study when he heard a lecture claiming cannabis users were less motivated by money. And apparently adults with THC in their system scored higher than non-users on categories like pro-social behaviors, empathy, moral harmlessness, and moral fairness. Who would have thought? Maybe cannabis can help you make good choices. After all, it is a whole new world of weed out there, so keep using it wisely. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
4: Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.